Welcome to the Audacious Generosity Podcast. Here we celebrate giving without the pressure to give. Audacious Generosity is where God is the giver and giving depends on what God puts into your hands. Now, here's your host, Kevin White. Well, good morning. Welcome to Audacious Generosity Podcast. I have my friend, the CEO extraordinaire of Heritage Ministry Solutions, John Reed, on the call today. John, thank you for being on the show. How are you, sir? Well, I'm fantastic. It's, it is a huge privilege to be able to talk with you. Um, as you and I have discussed offline, I never get tired of talking about the generosity of God mm. and how it overflows into our lives as well. Mm-hmm. So what a great pleasure to be here. Kevin. Well, I assure you, John, the pleasure's all mine. But let's start right there because you probably have ran from generosity in part of your life. I know I did. And it really see seems that the vast majority of believers run from the subject of giving instead of toward it. Um, what changed for you? How, how did that change for you? I guess I'd start off by capitalizing on something the Apostle Paul taught us in 2 Timothy. He was um, teaching Timothy that it's important to fan into flame the gifts that God has given us. And every time I run across that verse in my daily Bible reading, it reminds me of the journey that stewardship and generosity can be when it's properly applied. Mm -hmm. And so if you'll bear with me for a minute, I'll rewind the clock to about 35 years ago when I was dating a wonderful woman who introduced me to Christ. Mm. I grew up in a a non-Christian home, a non-religious home. And so it was a delight to meet Patty uh, and even more so when she became my wife. Mm. Um, But before that could take place, she had someone she needed to introduce me to. I became acquainted uh, with the Lord, and I did what every new Christian does. I picked up a Bible, uh, the thickest one I could find at the bookstore, and started reading from Genesis 1-1 and wasn't going to stop until I got all the way to the end. Wow. And I kind of kind of skipped over Leviticus for temporarily, Yeah, but it wasn't long before um, I came to Patty and I said, I'm I'm loving what I'm reading. I'm I'm enjoying this, but I'm I'm a little confused. What's this thing I'm reading about called the tithe? Uh, I I had never heard that word. And (laughs) Patty sat me down. She says, well, first of all, she says it's called a tithe. Mm. And she says, it's it's a big, fancy Christian Bible word that really just means one-tenth. Mm-hmm. And she said, what we do as Christians is we return back to the Lord a tenth of everything that he's given to us. Mm-hmm. And so I was brand new at this, and I thought, man, that'll work. That'll, that'll be great. And, um, and so the next Sunday when we went to church, I wrote that check out um, because I was really good with a calculator and I could calculate what 10% was. Well, that was about 35 years ago. Hmm. And um, I'm now approaching that point where I can say almost, not quite, I can almost say I've been a Christian half of my life. Hmm. But in that 35 years, um, I've learned a lot. Hmm. And I've learned that properly applied stewardship becomes generosity. Mm. And it's a journey mm-hmm. because it's it's pretty easy, at least when until until you overspend, it's pretty easy to write a 10% check 
and you're being obedient to the Lord when you do that. Right. But oh my goodness, he wants so much more than that. Mm-hmm. And so what we've learned over the years is to fall in love with the generosity that God has shown us. Mm-hmm. Because what we've learned is that Very well he said. gave it, he gave it all. Yeah. And we just kind of wondered if if we're shaped to be the the same character as Christ has, then what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Because we have a God who gave it all. And when I started thinking about that, I thought, well, I I, I don't know if I could give it all. And then Patty helped me to understand maybe it's not an amount. Maybe it's mimicking the heart of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we just really started a journey um, along the way, just trying to figure out what what is stewardship, what is giving, what is generosity, where does where does a man's heart fall into that? Mm-hmm. And so we've we've had a, a neat little journey that's still not over, right. where we're falling in love with God deeper and deeper, and what He's doing is and and it's kind of it'll sound kind of goofy. Well, maybe not goofy, but what we've what we started out with doing was trying to run towards the character of God. Mm-hmm. We would start comparing, you know, how do we how does this behavior, how does this attitude, how does this speech relate to those that God would and and what what we learned was God is running towards us even faster. Mm-hmm. And that's been the delight of our experience is to allow God to bathe us with his character mm-hmm. and hope that we catch some of that as we go. Yeah. I hope you realize you were given a grace by the Lord to learn tithing in your very early stages of your relationship with the Lord. A lot of Christians have grown up being identified as Christians, told that they're a Christian, told that they've done everything that they need to do to honor the Lord with their life, but they've never been taught the principle of tithing. Unfortunately, the word says, will a man rob God? And there's a lot of Christians, I was one included, that would be guilty of robbing God, of not honoring that everything is his, and he wants us to honor him every time we receive $10, one of those goes to him as an offering, returning. It's not a gift to him. We are returning. You said the word returning. I want to point that out. Um, because it's very important that we realize we're only given the keys back to the father who loaned us the car. <laughs> you know, we're not we're not owners. He is the proprietor. And so we are returning the tithe to him. So you introduced us to your beautiful wife, Patty. I've got to meet her and uh, you are a blessed man uh, and yeah. you make a great couple for the kingdom. Tell us about uh, anything else related to John and his testimony that you would find value that we would find valuable as, as it relates to generosity? Well, I mean, there's just, when you've got 35 years worth of exploration. Yes. Um, and I think that's a cool word. Um, yes, it's true that scripture calls us and commands us to be tithers, Mm -hmm. but the differences that I often think between old Testament theology and new Testament theology, if you'll, if you'll forgive the concept, I know everything's unified, but I, I don't want to just be obedient. 
I want to be a blessing to the Lord. Mm. You know, a, a pastor years and years ago prayed a prayer that has always stuck with me. Part of his prayer was, Lord, we want to be a blessing to you mm-hmm. rather than just ask that you bless us. Mm-hmm. And I started wondering, what would it be like to bless the heart of God? Yeah. I mean, not, not just to please God, not mm-hmm. just to be obedient, but to be the type of a person that would delight the heart of the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, if, if you'll forgive this, I, I know men are all performance driven, but what if I could go beyond the expectation? I mean, I, I have a son, and when I was raising my son, I would always be delighted when he cleaned his room when I told him to. Mm-hmm. But when he came downstairs one day and told me, Daddy, I've cleaned my room, come see, my heart gushed and I broke out in tears mm. because I realized he was, he was mapping his heart yes. over my heart. Yes. And so- Well, that's a, that's a great visual. I love that. I guess the one of the things that occurs to me when I start thinking about tithing, and, and I spend a lot of time in churches, we're a stewardship organization as well as an accounting organization. But when we think about tithing, so many times we if if you if you grab a picture of a wallet and opening up a wallet, so many of us are given the idea that when I get return my tithe back to the Lord, I reach inside my wallet and I pull out money and it disappears from my wallet. It's gone. Mm. And so if you're not careful, the tithe can almost feel like a, a, another bill to pay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good that we're elevating that up to the top of our bill pile. But, oh, the heart of God, I think, would be much more than that. What if we actually took the words of Scripture and understood that when we take our tithe, when we return our tithe, we're making an investment mm. in the kingdom? Mm-hmm. And I know you, you're Kevin, if, if we make investments of uh, our salaries into uh, an investment portfolio, we expect a return. Mm -hmm. And if that return is not sufficient, we're going to go move it somewhere else. Well, Scripture promises us that when we invest in the kingdom, our returns will be manifold, better than any percentage we could get at a bank or an uh, an IRA or anything like that. And when I first started reading that, I I realized when when I take money out of my wallet or checkbook, I'm making an investment. I'm not giving it. I'm investing it. Mm -hmm. And the Lord will show me how he'll use my confidence and my faith in him because he is faithful to his word. Mm -hmm. And so we've had the great delight through experimentation. I mean, the first time somebody hits you with that, you're like, okay, I'll try that a little bit. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's, there's 10%, but what, what if I gave, more than 10%. Could I, could I trust God to do what he said he was going to do? It turns out, of course we can. And what Patty and I experienced was that God, the investment we would make inside God's kingdom was returned to us more than we would ever dream or expect. Mm -hmm. Maybe not in dollars. In fact, at at some point in time, you don't care whether it's dollars Mm -hmm. Because the economy of heaven is not dollars. Right. The economy of heaven is people. Mm-hmm. And what we've witnessed over 35 years is that the, the, the investment that we make by returning to the Lord, what's already his, and even more than what he expects, 
the return that we get is the delighted hearts of people and making a difference in the kingdom. And that's just really cool. We love doing that. When the red light district in Mumbai, India closed due to COVID-19, it was a true answer to prayer. Unfortunately, the women who were forced into commercial sex work were left abandoned with no means to feed their children. This Valentine's Day, we invite you to share the love of Jesus with vulnerable women by giving them a month of groceries. Your generosity not only blesses the women, but allows the church to make Christ known. $25 provides groceries for a whole month. Give now at globalhopeindia.org slash grocery. That's globalhopeindia.org slash grocery. Happy Valentine's Day. Kevin's new book, Audacious Generosity, was an instant international bestseller on Amazon. Audacious Generosity is now available worldwide on Amazon in paperback, hardback, ebook, and audiobook. You'll find the Audacious Generosity ebook on Apple Books, Kindle, Google Play, and all the popular online ebook stores. The Audacious Generosity audiobook was recorded by Kevin himself, and reviewers are loving it. The audiobook can be found online in over 40 audiobook stores worldwide, including Audible, Apple, Google, and more. Buy Audacious Generosity for yourself. Gift it to your family and friends for the holidays. Discover why Audacious Generosity was an instant bestseller. Audacious Generosity is all about you enjoying a living relationship with God that's fueled by courage, characterized by freedom, and overflowing with audacious generosity. Get your copy today. Introduce us to Heritage Ministry Solutions. I, I started out my adult life in a Fortune 100 company. Um, and ended that after about 25 years and was involved in the financial sector, mergers, acquisitions, strategic planning, accounting and auditing, all that kind of stuff. And I loved it. But when God grabbed my heart, there came to be a point where I was not satisfied. And so I started praying. Patty and I together would pray, what what does this mean? We, I felt restless. Now, I've got a sh- short attention span. It takes about 30 seconds to figure out my personality. I, uh, I like a lot of variety. I like a lot of movement. I love moving parts and complex situations. But I've learned that over the years that lo- the Lord will create uh, just a hesitancy or perhaps a, not a boredom, but just an expectation. He'll make me restless mm-hmm. if he's ready to move me. And I was getting restless. Mm. Been a Christian for a few years and started praying that prayer that every Christian prays, God, if you could ever use me, if you could ever use me in the kingdom, I, w- I would warn people about that prayer because he will. <laughs> yeah. he'll, he'll take you places you didn't expect to go. Mm. But What happened was God opened up an opportunity for me with Crown Financial Ministries. You may recall that Mm -hmm. Crown Financial Ministries was the merger between Howard Dayton's Crown Ministry and Larry Burkett's Christian Financial Concepts. And I discovered that organization through a small group study and fell in love. And the Lord, long story short, the Lord moved me out of a Fortune 100 company into a missionary position with Crown Financial Ministries. Mm. And missionary positions uh, are a whole different, wonderful story to tell, but it was a stewardship organization. It was a discipleship organization, and I loved it. Then I fell in love with one of our clients, 
and left Crown Financial Ministries as the Lord led and joined the staff of a Christian church here in the Atlanta, Georgia area, and continued to serve in a, a neat stewardship, discipleship, administrative type of a role, then started getting different assignments and really enjoyed life as, a, as an associate pastor. But then the Lord challenged me and wanted us to do something on a bigger scale. What I noticed was small to mid-sized churches had huge hearts and poor skill sets on how to manage money. Mm -hmm. And so what we did, uh, the Lord led us to open uh, a ministry called Heritage uh, Ministry Solutions. And our charter is to train churches on how to manage God's money to amplify its effectiveness among their congregations and among the kingdom itself. And so to a lot of our clients, we look like an accountancy, but we also provide uh, discipleship and stewardship coaching, financial training, um, and overall just financial consulting. So we've been in business for about 15 years now. Hmm. and loving every minute of what we do. Praise God. I want us to get to the story. You shared a story with me uh, a couple weeks ago, and and that's what prompted this podcast. So I'm so grateful for your time and your willingness to share this story. It's been my growing conviction that generosity is, is a spirit. We can have spirits of hatred, spirits of love, and I really believe we can develop spirits of generosity. It's a, a gifting of the Lord, but it's never identified as a spiritual gift because I don't think he wanted us to see it in the role of like teacher and things like that, because it is a call to everyone. But something happened in 2020. I noticed when the shutdown began, it's like giving to missions because I'm the executive director of Global Hope India. It's like giving, especially to international missions, began to be put on hold and a lot of people's uh, minds because really we were fearful as to where we would end up financially. Everybody in America was during April and May and all that. But something happened, it seems, in the fall. It's like all of a sudden eternity began to matter. And the loss began to matter and making Christ known internationally began to matter. And we had people seek Global Hope India out for their year in giving on a level that we had not experienced prior to 2020. And earlier, we were facing a deficit because of just the shortfall of giving, and our board and, and staff had to really figure some things out within the budget and cash flow and different things. But we were able, by the grace of God, to end the year with all the bills paid and set up for to enter 2021 strong. And you were sharing a similar story, and I, I, I want our audience to hear your story. Can you take us into that? As a company that strives to be known as being a ministry, we recognize that one of our core values would be that we would tithe from our sales revenue. And so the first few years that Heritage Ministry Solutions existed, um, that wasn't a whole lot of cash flow and it wasn't a whole lot of giving because we were a young ministry slash business. And like all, all startups, we were pretty broke, but we were faithful to that. It was a core ideal. And so my staff, although our staff has fluctuated during the years and grown a little bit, we're very transparent. And so we would, at the end of every month, 
we would make sure that our staff understood this was our sales revenue and here's what 10% of that looks like and this is um, what we're investing in. They would help brainstorm ministries and opportunities and it was fun. And we rocked on like that. And then the idea was, if, if you're going to be, I'll, I'll say it like this, Kevin, and, and forgive me like this. I, I at one point wanted to be known as a man of generosity. Hmm. And I thought that was noble, except that the Lord helped me to understand when I phrase it that way, I'm really trying to point to myself. Mm-hmm. And that's not the that's not the point. Right. The point is that we want to be generous because God is generous mm-hmm. and we want to hunger to know God better. Mm-hmm. And so when you start looking at God's heart, if you were to take a yellow pad and start bullet pointing out, here are the characteristics of the God that I know and love, it wouldn't get too far down the list before generosity and his gift to us came shouting out. Yeah. So anyway, over the years, God has taught Patty and I and our staff that generosity is something we want to do. We want to be, mm-hmm. not for recognition, not for anything like that, but just because, well, it's it sounds kind of corny, but it's almost like this. We sometimes sit down and wonder, what's the next thing we could invest in? How much could we give? Just how could we be conservative enough with operating expenses and live modest lives personally? With the goal being that God created Heritage Ministry Solutions to fund other ministries, Mm -hmm. not for the growth of personal wealth, Mm -hmm. but to advance the kingdom. Because as God glorifies himself, he glorifies himself through people that make impact. And so, uh, long story short, over the course of the years, we've often together as a team said, okay, hey, look, here's an opportunity. So we give back to our clients. We identify missions organizations. We identify benevolence. And we just always just kind of, if there's a spare dollar or two, we want to make sure it goes out the door. Mm-hmm. And so that's worked out pretty well. And then the pandemic came. Right. And so because our primary clientele are churches, we started to get a little bit worried. And I don't mind confessing that to you. I'm I'm as weak as any man mm-hmm. in that you start putting pressure against me and my default position is to worry. Mm-hmm. I haven't quite learned how to immediately just turn it over to God and go about my merry way. I still struggle with the pressure that the world applies to. Mm -hmm. And so what I told our team was, okay, look, we're going to be, we're going to be conservative because our clients, which are all churches will probably see a decrease in giving because of unemployment, because of sickness, through because of the inability to meet. Mm-hmm. And so we need to be ready to reduce the amount that we give. Mm-hmm. And I don't like saying that, but the reality is because I have responsibility over five families, I, I want to make sure I safeguard them. Mm-hmm. And so I made a, a conscious effort not to hold back, but to be conservative. Right. 
And so we always measured our tithe from our, our ministry. But when we started to give opportunistically beyond the tithe, we thought we, we, we ought to scale back. Hmm. And so we've gone since, I guess, about March of 2020 with this attitude of responsibility, but perhaps some conservativeness. Mm-hmm. And so I just didn't, I, I didn't keep track of it other than what our tithe was. And so I guess about the first week or so of January, my pastor taught a message that resonated with me to a point where it, it alerted me to something. God wanted me to know something. Mm-hmm. And sometimes what, what my pastor told me was sometimes you've got to clear out some apprehensions. You've got to clear out some hesitancy. You've got to make room for God to do his work inside of you and allow him to do that work inside of you. Mm -hmm. So, so many times in my own life, I'm pushing towards God rather than receiving from God. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of hard to phrase it that way, Mm -hmm. but what I, what I did, I just, in the middle of this message, I, I just felt like the Lord was compelling. It, it sounds goofy, but it sounds like, it just felt like the Lord was prompting me to open up my accounting books to see what he had done mm-hmm. inside of our, our ministry. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm, that's, of course, we've been worshiping in our living room and in our study because we can't meet together as a church. Mm-hmm. So we're, Patty and I are, are every Sunday morning, we're worshiping in our study and we're actively worshiping. We're praying, we're singing, we're, we're participating, we're taking notes of the message. And I'm very, very guarded of that time. I don't want any distraction, but the Lord interrupted me mm-hmm. in my note taking from this message. Mm-hmm. And inexplicably, in fact, I didn't even know it until all of a sudden I had my accounting system open on my laptop and I was just looking to see how much had we given in 2020. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of scared of, I figured I was in for a little bit of a scolding from the Lord Mm -hmm. because of my lack of faith. Mm -hmm. But when I opened it up, I broke. Mm -hmm. Because the number that I saw was a number, I I recalculated it three times. Mm -hmm. Because the number that I saw for our 2020 contributions to ministry was about 40% higher than in 2019. Mm -hmm. And that number didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. That just didn't make sense to me. And so I calculated it again, and I calculated it again. I knew I was not wrong, and I showed that to Patty, and she broke with me. Because we realized that what God had done, he had taken advantage of the heart he had built inside of us to be as generous towards others that he had been to us. And without even knowing what we had done, we had outgiven 2019 by over 40 percent, mm-hmm. and I I rejoiced. Mm-hmm. And I told Patty, I said, "Here's what I've learned. I've learned 
and, and you shared with us a, a few minutes ago, Kevin, it's God does want our obedience, of course, mm-hmm. but he wants our heart. Yeah. What if, what if God could build a heart inside of Patty and me and the other associates inside of our ministry that we couldn't wait to give, mm-hmm. that we were looking for opportunity, that there was a part of it that said, you know, can I live conservatively enough so that there's extra? And oh, by the way, can I can I give spontaneously just as God just warms our heart? And we found that to be true. We actually didn't even do it on purpose. Mm. What happened was we just prayed, God, bring your heart into our mm-hmm. heart and let us be more like you. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, I'll do that. And he 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 grew our hearts to a point where it, we, it, I'll say it like this, Kevin. It's not John and Patty or Heritage Ministry Solutions making a decision to give. Mm-hmm. It is making a decision to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, to actually say, God, whatever you want to do, just prompt us. And learning that when God prompts us, mm-hmm. he will provide the tool in order to do what he's prompting us to do. So in our case, it was the generosity of dollars and cents mm-hmm. where God actually provided the excess for us to give. Mm-hmm. And it just blows my mind. I keep learning that lesson that if we bring the heart God will do the work. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. But congratulations on just allowing God to reveal himself to you in that way. I feel like one of the schemes of the enemy is to get us so busy and so stressed with everyday life that the only margin that we can really define is what we need. If he can just keep us busy enough and stressed enough to where all we can do is focus on ourselves, it really prevents us from building and allowing God to give us a margin for others. And you gave a witness that God had expanded you and your margins. I like what you share as far as you're not, you didn't really pursue to give more. You didn't purpose to give more. You pur- purposed to experience the heart of God. I really believe that we'll never become a cheerful giver until we first experience God as the cheerful giver. Exactly. And you said earlier, I love this phrase, that you want to fall in love with the generosity of God. I love that. And it's when you and I experience the generosity of God that that it creates a longing in our hearts to know that kind of joy in giving that we see him give to us. I mean, like one of my favorite verses is for the joy set before him, Christ endured the cross. Yes. And you tie that in with John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. And what you have is a God that knows how to receive the joy of generosity. And if we're going to follow in his steps, then eventually that's going to begin to manifest in our lives as well where that spirit of the living God, the same resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead being alive within us is is going to manifest himself 
through the joy of generosity. It gets me excited to hear you say that. Mm. I, Patty introduced me to the Lord when I was 35 years old. Mm-hmm. And so that's been over 30 years ago. I still can't get over the fact that he saved me. Mm. I can't get over don't, it. Don't get over it, John. And I, think <laughs> I don't want to get over it either. Yeah. No, because what happens is mm-hmm. when you experience the joy of salvation, mm-hmm. God is building inside your heart a like spirit. So when you speak about the spirit of generosity, oh, I I, I absolutely agree with that. Mm-hmm. I want that spirit because when when Patty introduced me to the Lord, I still remember that day. I couldn't believe that he would give me that gift. And that has been used by God to permeate the way that we think the way that we act, mm-hmm. the way that we speak. And I and we're by no means have have we ever reached perfection in that yet, but we're striving towards that goal. We're fanning that into flame mm-hmm. because when Patty and I sit down and we just kind of brainstorm, we just wonder what could God do? Mm-hmm. What could what 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 could God do? Mm-hmm. And like Jim Elliott said, you know, I I want to hold very loosely to what God puts in my hand. Because I can't hang on to that. I don't want to hang on to that. I want to let loose of that mm-hmm. and see what God could do. Mm-hmm. And so if it makes God smile that when I approach a little higher level of stewardship and generosity, I want to go run it. I want as much of that as I can get mm-hmm. because I don't need any more lifestyle. We're okay, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, Anybody that has has experienced riches, which we haven't, but we've had we've tasted enough material pleasures that we recognize that's not the answer. Mm-hmm. More stuff is not the answer. Mm-hmm. Jesus taught us the more stuff you got, the more it's going to rot away, mm-hmm. rust away. People will come steal it, take it away. You, you're going to spend half your time just trying to hang on to it. Mm-hmm. So what we're learning is let us just pass right through. Yeah, just let us not be a hold, but rather a director. Yeah. Under God's guidance, could we be a conduit for what God wants to do? And when you get used like that by the Lord, mm-hmm. there is no greater joy or pleasure in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Well, going back to margin, in my book, one of the illustrations that I gave is just suppose that you were able in your lifetime to earn a million dollars. Uh, that would be a really good income for the vast majority of the people on planet Earth. So just assume that you, over your lifetime, could earn a million dollars. You die debt-free. You've given a good inheritance to your children. And you have basically lived the American dream, and and you've done well. But imagine for a moment what a tragedy it would be if God could have given through you $100 million for missions for the kingdom of God. And, and it's not that you have to decide between the two. We serve a God that can do both. And, you know, when we, when we stop worrying about our million and we start asking God for that hundred million for others is when we really begin to experience God in a level that you're talking about in your testimony. And I just, you know, you said fan in the flame. Well, the whole point of that is God wants us to burn bigger. If you're going to fan a flame, you're doing it so that that flame will get bigger. And and you've said it several times. And and one of my points in the book about setting God free is asking God for more. He wants 
God has more for us. It's not necessarily for us as far as material possessions, jet planes, all those things. It has nothing to do with that. It's more of himself. What you described was a journey where in 2020, in the midst of global pandemic, you experience more of God, more of the character of God, more of the spirit of generosity from the Father of God. And that's what he longs for all of us. He has more for us. But that more will come through us if we will just be that channel instead of being like a water dam that would that would limit the provisions of God. If we would just be that channel to release and distribute the provisions of God, there's no limit. I mean, we have the richest, most generous person in the world living inside of us. There's no limit to what he can give through us if we would just open up our hands and commit in advance to give what he puts into our hands for his mission, for his his yeah. kingdom yeah. purposes. Well, since it's true that as as a man thinks, so he is, mm. then in order to understand and achieve the heart of God, I've got to start thinking like God. Mm. And so one of the curiosities that we had was what are what are some basic principles and there's plenty of principles in the Bible. I think Howard Dayton taught us there were 2,500 verses in the Bible that, that teach about money and possessions over, over four times as many verses as there are on subjects like faith and prayer. Right. Yeah. So when I, when I embarked on a, on a survey of the Bible to learn what does the Bible say about that, mm -hmm. I had plenty of worldly teaching, which only serve to enrich the world and make me poor. If since God's heart is the opposite of that, what are some things that he wants me to know? And I kind of gelled it down to four things that we try to teach church congregations. Mm. The first thing we try to teach them is God owns everything. Mm -hmm. I don't own anything. That's right. God Amen. owns everything. It's mm -hmm. his. Secondly, because God owns everything, my role is to be a manager of a portion of his kingdom. Mm. I'm not an owner. Right. I'm a manager. Absolutely. Now, since I'm a manager, what Paul and many others in the Bible have taught us is that since God's the owner and I'm the manager, I must manage according to God's direction, mm -hmm. not the world's direction, not mm -hmm. my direction. My, my question to the Lord every time he puts resources in my hand is, what shall I do with this? Mm -hmm. Well, there's some things that are, you know, that, that are a no-brainer. i got to pay the power bill. Mm -hmm. You know, we've, we've learned that bad things happen when you don't pay the power bill. <laughs> right. okay, so those things, I don't need to pray whether I pay the power bill or my rent or my mortgage payment. Mm -hmm. I, don't have to, I don't have to pray about that. But there are plenty of other things. When you talk about margin, that's a key word mm -hmm. because good stewards will develop margin. Mm -hmm. And the question then is, as a manager, God, what would you have me do? Mm. And then God promises us, as the fourth thing we try to teach, is when we are faithful to how God wants us to manage his resources, he promises and commits to provision and blessing in our life. Amen. So the question yes. that I have, if you kind of go all the way to the end result and work backwards, mm -hmm. do I want 
provision and blessing in my life? Mm -hmm. How much provision and blessing in my life do I want? How much provision and blessing is enough in my life? Well, the the simple answer for me is I want as much of that as I can get. Mm -hmm. I want as much blessing and as much provision. And so I will manage according to God's direction because I am a manager, not an owner, Mm -hmm. that God is the true owner. Then God does something really unique. God carries us all the way back through that path again and teaches us provision and blessing are promises he makes. But it may not necessarily mean bigger numbers in your checking account. Mm -hmm. It might be more people that are impacted by what God owns through this manager's hands. Mm -hmm. And I'm signing up for that all day long Mm because there's it's nice to have new shiny stuff. But it's even better to see someone give a heart that's been broken and abused and has been calloused Mm -hmm. to the Lord. Yes. Because of something he has used us for. Mm -hmm. There there is no greater riches in this world. And we want to go running towards that every chance we get. Yeah. Well, John, thank you for practicing what you preach, because that last point is what your story is all about. You are on fire, cloud nine, rejoicing to the Lord for what went through you in 2020. And that's that's such an incredible miracle. And I long for that over our audience, over the body of Christ, our brothers and sisters around the world. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for setting the example. And uh, let's continue to fan in the flame that gift of God. God bless you, my brother. You too. Okay. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening, subscribing, and reviewing the Audacious Generosity podcast. Join us next week as we open our hands up to God and let Him fill them for the Great Commission.